welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 164th episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, 83, 92, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 111, 114, 115, 116, 119, 126, 127, 133, 137, 140, 146, 147, 149, 153, 156, 158, 160, 162, and episode 82. Also featuring fellow regular guest Ash Burgess of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now on to the show. Oh, doing doing okay, I guess. Yeah, better than other parts of the world, I suppose. <laughs> you mean like here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. What we colloquially refer to as the third world now, America. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. We've been downgraded a few steps in the fa- past few weeks. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Absolute disaster. You know, I was just talking to my mom the other day, and I was saying, like, you know, I think a lot of voters who voted for Trump or whatever, they thought, you know, eh, how bad could it be? You know, what have we got to lose, as Trump famously said. And I think the fascinating thing would be if you had, like, a time, like, if you had a time machine or something, if you could go back and just show them, like, the headlines from the first, you know, from the four years of Trump's presidency. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know. You know, 42,000 dead, last count I saw, from this disease, which, you know, the disease can happen anywhere, anybody, but managing it and responding to it matters. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this GOP death cult is, you know, going to go down with a ship on this one and take everybody with them, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to watch uh, All Lives Matter go to No Lives Matter in a a heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not not surprising. I don't know. It's always been a, you know, uh, it's, you know, I don't know. What can you say? It's uh, <laughs> it was it was never that simple. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, yeah, we had the protesters out this weekend at the various uh, state capitals protesting the stay-at-home orders. Uh, I, w- I would kind of watch those spaces uh, in about uh, two to three weeks to see what the case counts look like. I would I would guess that they would be pretty high. Also, I, I find it interesting that, you know, Trump's a germaphobe, and this is a virus, and he's, like, totally mismanaging it. And then also the people that it hurts the most are, it seems like, they're his supporters, older people with pre-existing conditions and it's like these seem to be like most of the people that like you so it's it's very odd to me to see the people you know clamoring i mean i i guess it's like they'll do whatever he says well they've been they've been fed on such a diet of fake news for so long that you know they don't know what's up and down anymore so yeah i think i saw a story today or a couple stories that the coronavirus cases have upticked greatly in in kentucky after they started having their, you know, protests of their Democratic governor or whatever a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's and and the stupid thing is, like, 
at first everybody was saying, oh, it's just like the flu and the flu kills however many people it kills a year. And I was like telling people, no, it's like it's, you know, got a fatality rate that's at least 10 times higher than the flu. And the flu is universal. The flu is everywhere. This thing hasn't spread everywhere yet. Mm-hmm. And then it spread everywhere. And then, you know, people started social distancing and all this stuff. And then the death rate, you know, went up, but then it started, you know, maybe it slowed down or maybe it hasn't hit their area yet. And so they think, oh, this is all fake news anyway. See, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's just like every step of the way, they're determined to be wrong. Yeah, and it's like it's that, like they've they've created a totally unfalsifiable worldview in which if you it would have to literally kill everyone. To like the, the it, problem they is know. they can't change their mind when they're dead. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. <laughs> like that's the only downside to all this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just I yeah. I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's it's bizarre. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's a death cult. It's uh, you know, th- these people are drinking the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. and uh it's uh and you know to some degree it looks like these uh these protests around the country also are not even very spontaneous what do they call it they call it like astroturfing by mm-hmm. gun people or something like that it's yeah. the gun advocacy groups or something that are well i wouldn't be this. surprised if russia had a hand in it and i'm not even being conspiratorial that absolutely was spelled out uh that happened in 2016 where they would create these like events that people would show up to and actually actual people in America would show up to the yeah. events that were created in like, you know, wherever, what, whatever Eastern Bloc country this is happening in. So it's like, you know, who knows if this, how real any of this even is, you know, from American perspective or who knows who's like uh, circulating those on memes on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, you mentioned Russia these days or, you know, the past three years or four years, it's like you don't get a lot of support because the right wing says it's ridiculous and there was no conspiracy and the Russians never did anything to anybody. And and then, you know, you say the same thing on the left and like half the left is like, no, it was Hillary Clinton's own fault. She lost. The Russians didn't do a thing. You know, they're just so like determined to, you know, drag down Hillary, which, you know, Hillary can be dragged down as much as she needs to be, but don't, don't like stick your head in the sand and deny reality. It's like, I'd like to know what these people actually think Russia has been doing on the global stage for the past, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 40, 200 years. You know, these people don't, I don't think they have a concept of what Russia has been up to. I mean, like mm-hmm. in the mid to short to long term, any of those ranges, I don't think they really. And they, they, you know, if you ask them that and you ask them to say what their theory of it is, I think it'd be fascinating, but I don't think they really have one, you know, because they've, they've had to flip in the past couple of years to Russia bad to Russia good. And so they, you know, so, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Korea's held it down now to about fewer than 10 cases per day for the past, at least a week. And, and this was, we were going down from like a a hundred to a, a couple hundred to a, 100 to about 50 cases a day for about half a week or a week and then it went down to about 10 per day and i think today it was nine and Mm. you know every day several hundred heal recover okay so i think yeah i think we've got about 2,000 outstanding cases in korea right now and they're talking about starting to open the country up again in may which is scary because you know we're probably going to see a little bit of an uptick again but 
you know, I, I really can't complain. I've, I've, I'm still working. I've still got my job. I've still got an income source. I've, you know, got some money in the bank or whatever. Um, and I know there's a lot of people in the world who are much worse off than I am in this whole scenario, but, um, you know, I do wish I was getting all this vacation time that everybody's having forced upon them to some degree. But at the same time, if it's a choice of like not working and never getting a paycheck versus continuing to work at the same rate that I was before, basically, but having that money, I guess can't complain. It is a little suffocating when you know you can't leave. You know, it's one thing to choose to stay home. It's another thing to not be able to. So, yeah. Well, you're lucky you got a family. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> be it wouldn't be a horrible thing to be self-isolating with a pretty girl over here somewhere but uh, that's not <laughs> happening right now so but uh i got a lot of tv shows i'm catching up on some back seasons of survivor i did the tiger king thing of course you did um yeah i mean you know catching up on some of the star wars movies i didn't catch before when they were in theaters or whatever it's i've been having a good time with the entertainment and stuff mm-hmm. playing battlegrounds so you know there's no shortage of things to entertain me. I've got a wall full of books over here I could be reading, but I'm not right. because I'm working. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, just think about every time you've been at your job and you just wished you were at home. You wished you were had some free time. You could do something else. And that every time you feel antsy, like you want to go outside, just think like every time I'm outside and I actually wish I were home. Right now, I've got my wish, right? Like, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the way to look at it, I think. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not a monkey's paw wish. <laughs> <laughs> What's a monkey's paw? I don't know what that is. You never read that story? It was a short story. I thought everybody read it in junior high or high school. It's uh, it's this, like, charmed uh, monkey's paw, and every time you make a wish on it, one of the fingers goes down, and you get your wish, but it's in a really, like... Uh, perverted way and it's it's not like you imagined it at all because you weren't specific enough in your wish um oh, I, get, I get my perverted wish what's that well it's like it's like somebody wishes <laughs> for no, their just... like their child's dead and they wish for their child to come back and then they're like corpse oh, comes like... back you know it's like uh, uh, it's a supernatural short story by ww jacobs it came out in 1902 um, oh wow yeah, it's yeah, I anyway, I sorry, I thought everybody had had read that in high school or something, but it's it's like a it's like a thing where you get what you want but not in the way you expected and not maybe so good, you know, in the way that Well, you I want. recently rewatched a movie that is actually like one of my probably top 10 or something of all time, I think, which is uh, don't laugh, but it's Bedazzled from like 2000 or something. Oh, we talked about that before. That's a classic, yeah. Yeah. Same kind of concept. He keeps like wishing for things sure. and yeah. Elizabeth Hurley right. as the devil keeps like yes. giving his wish but turning it around on him somehow. And you know, the music in that movie's great. The acting is a little bit over the top at times, but it's like the scenarios are so good and Brendan Fraser does you know, does a great job. He's, you know, doing Spanish, he's speaking Russian, he's playing smart, he's playing dumb, he's you know it's it, it it's just a it's a good movie, I think, overall. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's, I need to go back and rewatch that one. We were uh, culling our DVD collection, and I definitely saved that one from the from the pile. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great great movie. Makes you think. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, there's you know speculation and rumors that Kim Jong Un may be sick, may be dead, may be brain dead, may be perfectly fine. We don't know mm-hmm. what's going on in North Korea or something right now. That yeah. came out today. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he hasn't been seen, uh, from what I'm reading on the BBC here, he hasn't uh, last appeared in state media on April 12th, and then he also uh, chaired a political meeting the day before and has not been seen since. Uh, and then the birthday of his grandfather was the first time everybody really got suspicious because he missed that. And I guess mm-hmm. that was since the 12th. And so now it's like these aren't just rumors anymore to, you know, he's gone missing before, but he is also like we've talked about. He's not been seeming like he's incredibly good health lately anyway. So, yeah. I don't know. When has he seemed to be in good health since he entered the, the, uh, the Game of Thrones over there? No, no at no in time, really. Kingdom. I think he was healthiest before he assumed power, honestly. Mm. <laughs> I think we could say the same thing about Trump. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I did think I think I have seen one or two things in the past week or two that his his sister, uh, I think. I forget her name, Kim Hojong or something like that. I'd, I'd have to look it up again. She's been kind of back in back in the spotlight a little bit recently. So, and you know, there's speculation that she could be a favorite to replace him. I don't know. I mean, I know that's a short list of people who are you know still in the 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 King family dynasty or what the Kim family dynasty. But um, you know, I don't know. Korea society is a pretty patriarchal society. And so I don't know if they could handle a female leader up there, especially. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if fascistic uh, regimes really cater to female. There's like a big, you know, male energy or whatever supposed to be from the from the dear leader. So I don't know how that would work, but. Yeah, and that's uh, that's actually a universal feature of fascism all over the yeah. world, basically. So. Right. Absolutely. Over the top masculinity, but. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm sorry to say I don't have much to report from Korea about that because I, I just have seen the reports today, too, and I don't have any, you know, super secret local knowledge here. Now the Korean government's saying they don't know, they don't think anything's going on, they don't have any reason from the North to believe that something's going on, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, we never really know what's going on up there, and when there's rumors that something's going on, sometimes they're true and sometimes they're false, so... <laughs> But it does seem like something's going on. So, mm-hmm. well, it wouldn't. It, it perversely, it might almost be good uh, to for the South Korean government if there was consistency. Because if there's a big power struggle, that's not probably good for the stability of the region. I imagine. Yeah, I think the last thing we need is a a war over here. I mean, my God, for all we know, he got coronavirus. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we have no idea like what the numbers out the are wazoo, like So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Russia I I, was trying I, to downplay it too, I saw, and then they have like ambulances up and down the block now and they can't deny it anymore, so I don't know what yeah. the Korean situation, the North Korean situation actually is, but. Yeah, yeah, it's, well, they were saying they didn't have any cases, and then like mm-hmm. either South Korea or the World Health Organization or somebody was going to deliver like $500,000 worth of aid to them or something to assist with the coronavirus response, I'm like, what for? They don't have coronavirus, they said. <laughs> you know, it's like if they want to play that game, then we don't need to give them aid. My God, you know, if they're, you know, if they're in trouble up there, they can say something and then maybe we can look at humanitarian aid. But like if they're going to sit there and, oh, we don't have it. No, no, everything's fine here. I don't know. Somebody probably knows what's going on, but it's not us. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, what, Bob, what are you thinking about the Democratic 
primary right now, such Boy. as it is. Jeez. Well, I mean, all right. So I, I guess we have to start off with the with the with the Bernie. You know, sadly, he ended his campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I think it was inevitable at this point. It didn't really seem plausible to to continue. I do wish maybe that we were still talking. You know, what a time for the guy who's been talking about universal health care to drop out when we have a global pandemic, you know, right when we need his ideas the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just a, such a shame because I don't see Joe Biden carrying that torch. And, you know, I think the biggest he's thing already he, said he wouldn't sign the legislation if it was yeah. delivered to him by See, the House and the Senate. There so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the, he's been saying, you know, oh, you know, what about the unions and all these workers who fought hard for the right to have this stuff? Motherfucker, we're going into a fucking global depression right now. And mm-hmm. an unprecedented number of Americans have just been fired or laid off and they don't have their health insurance anymore. Their employer based health insurance. So mm-hmm. new plan time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, and I think I think but, the biggest point in his favor is the electability argument in that people want so badly to return to pre-Trump, pre all of this, and it's like there's no there's no normal again. No, whatever you thought. This is 9/11. This is uh, you know the 2008 financial crash. This is you know everything's different now. Whatever normal is, normal's been reset. We'll get back to a normal quote-unquote but it's not going to be the normal of pre this like whatever that was is not not there so i don't know it's just unrealistic i think to want to return to that and think it's going to because it's not the the playing field has changed so yeah yeah it's i think it's going to get bad i you know i'm feeling reasonably secure over here just speaking, I, and you know, maybe two weeks later I won't. Maybe we're going to have another uptick again, and things are going to get bad. And I, I don't want to catch the stuff, but I'm still working. So, but uh, you know, even after the the public health crisis is passed, and I know it's you know, perhaps even a little bit insensitive to even be talking about this part being passed now because America's still in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and it's you know, it's it's shocking. And you know, 9/11, we lost about 3,000 people, right? Mm. And that. You know, in American life, there was before 9-11, there's an after 9-11, and never mm-hmm. the two shall meet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Vietnam War, we lost about, like, I don't know, 57,000 Americans or something in that war. And we're somewhere in between those two right now. We're rapidly climbing. We're going to climb past the Vietnam War death total, undoubtedly. You know, there's people alive today, people walking around probably thinking they're healthy, who are going to be dead soon. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a horror show, and I don't know what the effect on the country is going to be from that, but it's, it's going to be hard to understate, probably. Mm-hmm. It's the number one cause of death, as far as I know, right now. It's it's surpassed everything. It's yeah, it's amazing. But Bob, what about the flu? What about yeah, the, what, the seasonal oh, flu? My gosh. Flu. <laughs> what is you forgot about argument. the flu? Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about Poland too. I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Well, yeah, that that argument's been blown out of the water. It, it should have never gotten off the ground. Of course, we all know Trump was the one that was per- perpetuating that when he's still trying to. See, that's what I love to going back to Trump, just like, uh, 
you know, he can't he can't have it both ways, but he tries to so often. It's like, this is nothing. It's a hoax. Don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. Like magic, it'll go away when the weather gets hot. Also, it's an mm. emergency, and you need to broadcast these two-hour marathon, t- you know, press conferences every day because it's oh my gosh, nothing is more important. And why are you censoring the president? And it's like can't be both. Can't be both true. It's like. And I think the only thing that's stopping him from truly seizing the moment like other dictators around the world is like he's either lazy or inept and I can't figure out which or maybe it's some combination of both. But like in, in Hungary, Viktor Orban has canceled, you know, the, the whatever was left of, of democracy and India, you know, Modi's doing the same and Brazil, Bolsonaro and, you know, all these strong men around the world are using this as the opportunity to, you know, sew up the last remaining vestiges of opposition. But what Trump is, maybe that's the one saving grace, I guess, that we can draw from this is that he's not able to complete it because he's too unfocused or too inept or he doesn't want to be seen. Like his, his political ideology depends on him not showing the power of the federal government or something. I don't know what, what's stopping him, but maybe that's one silver lining, I guess you could say. Well, but, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's ineptitude or something because on the one, I mean, Actually, I actually think the situation calls for real, um, you know, it calls for martial law, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would not feel comfortable with Trump exercising that because, you know, today you just basically suspended all immigration into America until the coronavirus is over, which is, you know, it's just such a like a facile act. It's just like it's something we all knew he's been wanting to do since day one. And this is just the reason he's going to be able to do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's he, there's going to be 10 other things that he should do that he's not going to do. Um, but, you know, this is actually a situation where proper leadership would probably be somewhat authoritarian. Oh, you want to go to the beach? Wrong. <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to fucking arrest you. And we're going to rough you up on the way to the station house and you're going to spend some time in jail. It's like not be too gentle you know, with them, as, as Trump said. Remember that one thing where you put the people in the police car, but don't don't be too gentle or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> remember he exactly. was talking about like, the protesters. I mean, you do that, you crack you crack down on a few of these protests like that. A lot of these soft people who are talking about, oh, I want to get my hair done. I need to get my roots dyed, or oh, Gosh. I can't buy my soil to grow my plants. Oh, you know. You send out the fucking, you know, some some fucking baton swinging fucking cops out there and you throw these motherfuckers in jail. This this little movement, this nascent movement is going to end up real quick. Right. Yeah. Like these people don't really want to do what they're talking about doing. Uh-huh. And then you're going to get all the Second Amendment people out there, you know, probably. I don't know. I don't know. There, there's certainly an excel accelerationist like aspect to it with them. But. You know, you're yeah. going to get probably those those Bundy types or Bandy types or whatever out there and like the ranch or whatever who they don't want to do what the government says under any com- circumstances. But it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we people in America like I like I've always I, I've begun to think that like freedom of speech is, you know, such a sacred cow in america and stuff that you know you can't say anything bad about it but at the same time like freedom of speech is so misunderstood i think by americans it's like yeah unless you're literally like yelling fire in the crowded theater then nobody's ever and even then it's open for debate but it's like people are saying things that are getting people killed right now the president is telling people to take drugs that has legitimately killed somebody 
Although he you stopped know. that recently, I think after they uh, reported that they were stopping the studies due to too many people just having cardiac arrest or whatever. So I, I think he's actually dropped that one. But yes, he did. He did push that uh, hydrochloroquine for a while. So. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a video today where he was still talking about it, but it may or may not have been from today. Mm. It may have been from a few days ago. But yeah, I just. But I mean, it doesn't agree. matter if he yeah. stops it. It's yeah. like you know. Mm-hmm. I did something. I yelled fire in the theater once and some people got trampled, but then I won't do it anymore. <laughs> no, sorry. It's too late. You've right. you're already like a, it's manslaughter or something. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's whatever it is. It's like, I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, even the degree to which like there should be restrictions on freedom of speech, according to the argument that everybody makes, you know, there aren't. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, you know, I think like, um, I don't know. We need somebody. We need somebody, I think, on the left. And I like Bernie Sanders a lot. And I like what he stood for. And I liked a lot of his style. But he was never somebody who was going to really crack the whip, I think, which is what may be needed from the left wing here when we get a strong leader at some point. And, you know, conspiracy theorists who are always looking for, you know, Obama was going to do that to him, they thought. And then Hillary's going to do it to him. And, you know, and they're always looking for that. But it's like, I don't know. People are like people are so they claimed they're not really afraid of it. Here's what I want to say. They're not really afraid of that because they've actually they've made such a big deal about being afraid of that, that they've actually pushed us into a situation where we have an incompetent and a semi authoritarian leader. And they're not really scared of that. You know, that's not actually what they're afraid of. It's a fantasy to them. Mm-hmm. They, they like the idea that they're living in this country where the strong powers that be are out to get them specifically and oppressing them. And they're bravely fighting back and stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think these people need a wake up call. Right. So I don't, I don't know. It's uh. all right. What about, what about Biden's VP pick, Bob? Uh, what about it? I mean, how much does the VP pick even matter? Honestly, like what's, well, what does that mean? I mean, He's he's made some noises that he would only serve one term. I I don't know if he's going to stick to that after he gets. I've, I've heard him uh, reject that though that that assertion or at least his campaign. But man, I don't know. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. be need to embrace that more as time goes on. I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I was so pissed when he announced that it was going to be a woman at the at the speed at the debate or whatever. Because who does that leave? That leaves. I mean, basically, I mean, Kamala just, Harris, Stacey Abrams, and Elizabeth Warren, right? I mean, that's who we're talking about. Or, you know, maybe he'll throw in a curveball or something, somebody that well, nobody was actually Char, thinking of. I but, guess, maybe. Oh, God. You get some of that um, momentum. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who's actually like a right wing Democrat, essentially, right. on a lot of issues and right. has no personality, as far as I can tell, or a lame one at best. Um, that would certainly fit with the uh, Tim Kaine <laughs> selection from last time. So the, uh, hopefully somebody I don't think mainstream Democrats can actually learn anything. Um, but to the degree that they can learn something from something, hopefully they learn something from Tim Kaine. But I don't think mm-hmm. they did. But, you know, just this like you need Biden, you need to unify the two sides of this thing. And that's your side, the centrist. And that's Bernie's side, the left wing. And. Virtue signaling that you're going to choose a woman because it's time to have a woman as a vice president. <laughs> you know, I think I think the appeal of virtual signaling is perhaps real 
in the moderate Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's to some degree. I don't know. I think there's almost three parts of the party. There's like the, you know, the fin- the economic left and the moderate centrist Democrats. And then there's kind of like the social justice left or something. And there's, you know, there's a lot of crossover amongst those. But I think like, I don't know, you know, the obvious choice for anybody who has half a brain is take Bernie. He was number two. Um, he wasn't doing as good as he should have been, frankly. I'm disappointed with that. And I think there's it does bring up some questions about 2016 about what was going on there. Um, but he's the obvious choice to say you're going to choose a woman. Well, okay. Which woman, um, Mm -hmm. right now, your best choice, honestly would be, well, there's no good choice, but the best choice would be Elizabeth Warren because she still has her hooks into some amount of the, the economic and social justice left. Now, she pissed off a lot of Bernie bros by sitting on her hands and stuff at the point where she could have made a difference and basically guaranteeing that Joe Biden, the person that she entered politics in opposition to, basically won. Um, and, you know, we've we've litigated and relitigated what Elizabeth Warren did wrong throughout this thing. And but she's still somebody who on a lot of policy issues, I think, is pretty close to Bernie. And uh, that's if, if he's got to choose a woman, if he's decided that that's a campaign promise he's going to keep he should choose her except for the fact that her her state has a republican governor who gets to choose a replacement if she withdraws as a senator Mm. so you can't choose her Mm. right Mm. so what's left i mean stacy abrams seems nice i don't know much about her i don't know that she has a huge national profile everybody likes her you know she's a woman of color her one issue seems to be voting rights, which I agree, it's an important right, and it may even be the one of the primary rights before we can get to some of the other issues. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. To go from losing a state-level race to suddenly being the vice president, you know, one heartbeat with, you know, with Uncle Joe away from the presidency, that's a, that's a pretty big jump, isn't it? Well, I mean, I guess the argument would be the only reason she doesn't have more of a profile is that the election was, was basically stolen from, from her, from Brian Kemp, the current governor, who was secretary of the state at the time, uh, you know, basically just stole the election. I mean, I think that's pretty well documented at this point. So, uh, yeah. But I mean, what is, yeah, that, what does that Stacey Abrams believe about health care? What does she believe about medical marijuana? What does she believe about student debt? What does she believe about foreign policy? Nobody knows, do we? Does anybody actually know these things? I mean, do we know what her, you know, aside from this one issue, what do we really know about her? Mm. I don't see her as a, as a, you know, I just don't see the upside. And on the other, and at the same time, like, the thing is, I mean, she's an African American um, female who appeals to, some constituencies that Joe Biden kind of already has, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he already showed in South Carolina, if nobody else, he had the African-American vote in the South, which is exactly part of what she's going to be appealing to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how Joe Biden does with women. I mean, like, I mean, my God, he's got a, he's got a sexual harassment suit from 1993 now that's coming up and the media sat on their hands for two weeks on it until Bernie dropped out. And then they suddenly belatedly started covering it after they'd finished quote unquote, doing their, doing their intensive research projects on it or whatever. And to be fair to the media, like, I mean, 
probably be to be too fair, the coronavirus stuff, which is also probably part of what killed Bernie's campaign, has sucked all the oxygen out of the room on every other story. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, you know, to not cover a sexual harassment suit against Joe Biden, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't hypocritical. know. It's, uh, it's hypocritical. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make us look good. Uh, the people that demand accountability from the other side. And yeah. it's like we don't mean it. And when it's our guy, it's like we're not going to investigate it. I'm willing, you know, personally, I know one asked me, but I personally would be willing to take that as seriously as I took any of, you know, Kavanaugh's accusers or Roy, Roy Moore or any of these other people on the right. Yeah. It doesn't really, you know, the political part of it doesn't matter to me. I, I was just as willing to reexamine Bill Clinton's, you know, allegations as I was anyone else's. So I don't want to hear about this double standard, at least not for me. You know, other people may be willing to obfuscate that. I'm not willing to, you know, if we're going to demand accountability from one side, let's do it the other. That the DNC takes the same line, although I feel like their inclination is not to. So, yeah, they've already they've already gone all in on Joe Biden. They're not in any hurry to do this. And it's very frustrating to see, like, you know, you know, a bunch of people who are. You know, feminists who are going to vote for this guy because and who applauded when he said he was going to choose a woman as running mate. Mm. You know, it's this it's this kind of like this brand of feminism where as long as you put one woman at the top who's, you know, extremely well qualified and everything, then nobody gives a shit what happens to the women further down the totem pole, which is exactly what seems to have happened in the Senate, you know, uh, Senate staffing situation with this woman who was much lower on the totem pole. Did, you know, was was working a you know kind of a apprenticeship, or I don't I don't know what she was doing. She was a uh, you know this is not all fresh in my mind. I read the story a week ago or so, but two weeks ago or something. But um, you know, who cares that you know senators are sexually assaulting their staff members as long as they choose a powerful woman to be their running mate when you know when they run for president, and then at that point, you know, all mm-hmm. the feminist left is going to rally behind them. So, and it's been very frustrating to see everybody talk about, oh, Bernie Sanders, you know, he needs to stop dilly-dallying and stuff. He needs to endorse, he should have hurried up and he didn't endorse Joe Biden quickly enough. It's like, where was all this? You guys were telling us like that, it, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren doesn't have to, she doesn't know Bernie Sanders anything. She doesn't have to endorse him. She can do it whenever she wants or not at all. Mm. But now Bernie Sanders, why won't you endorse Joe Biden? You're going to do the same thing you did in 2016. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's sad because Bernie can't really win for losing at this point. It's like, you know, he's he's doing the right thing. He's trying to get everyone around Biden, despite his obvious misgivings that we all have. Um, Mm -hmm. He he knows the score. Uh, So it's like I feel like he's doing all the things that people relentlessly criticized him for in 2016. But it's like on the flip side, his strongest supporters are going to be crestfallen, obviously, if he does that. Because it's like, well, you're just giving this over. We didn't get any of our ideas through to him, and you're just going to pass the torch without any price to be paid for earning the support of then what you want Trump again? It's like, no, of course we don't want that. But it's like, what it, have you done anything to hear the concerns of the rest of the coalition? Are you going to put any of the ideas that f- fueled this movement forward? Are you going to give that any credence now? And it's like it doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, they're so like we don't have to. We already won. Right. You support us now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know I made a I made a you know I made a uh, 
that poll on Twitter that I had you retweet there and stuff. It was kind of yeah, cool that, stuff. that got like, that got like fifty, almost fifty votes. It seemed like it was yeah good. But it's, were you surprised by the result? I was I was a little bit surprised. So yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it would be a little bit more equitable. So like, anyways, the the thing was like, I mean, my my question was like, and it was a genuine question. Oh, excuse me. The um the question is basically like for former Bernie supporters, like which of these three kind of signature issues for Bernie Sanders could, if, if, if Joe Biden embraced one of them, which one would bring you to support him? And the issues I picked were student debt, forgiveness, you know, free college for all, that kind of thing. The other one was like Medicare for all, of course. And the other one was uh, legalized marijuana. And I think like probably for me, any one of those issues would be enough to say, okay, okay, the guy, you know, he deserves my support. And it looks like overwhelmingly, I don't know, I don't have the percentages in front of me. It looked like there was like legalized marijuana was number three, perhaps not surprisingly, number two of student debt. And then the runaway winner was Medicare for all, of course. So, mm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of that? Yeah, I thought that was a good poll. I mean, it seemed like the, main issues were covered and yeah i mean i i guess that that really does kind of bear out but i don't know there just seemed to be something in the american psyche that doesn't want that to be true i don't know like was some part of it it's like getting your health taken care of equals a handout to people and it's like unless you work for it you don't deserve to live or something there's like some deep-seated puritan idea in america that i think is just very hard to overcome for people and it's like i think that's the root i don't think that's really why people cling to that argument about employer-based health insurance being like oh but what about the unions it's like i think that's it that's tied to that mentality i don't actually think because it's like it doesn't help if you lose your job right because if you lose your job Mm -hmm. you don't have any health insurance in that system and it doesn't make any sense in a global pandemic when people are losing their jobs by the tens of millions overnight and it's it, like you need healthcare now more than ever and it doesn't and it shouldn't be based on your job obviously this is there couldn't be a more perfect example of it and was and still i don't see any really traction getting that through at this point you know people are still talking about trying to go back to the status quo and it's like really now even now you've seen how this can change in a in, a, in an instant even the system we had can, can be flipped overnight and it's like you won't have your employer-based health insurance anymore to negotiate or anything. So, I yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how bad it gets. I think it's like seven or eight hundred thousand Americans have been infected with coronavirus at this point. And, mm-hmm. you know, when that number goes up, there's like, what, 260 million or something people in America. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be a little higher than that. But when people start getting the bills for the treatment for coronavirus, oh, and yeah. you know, I, at, at that point, you know, I don't know if it'll be a it's critical absurd. mass or not, but it's like when people start realizing that this shit's going to bankrupt them and kill them and like do permanent damage to their bodies, maybe, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to lose money betting against the stupidity of the, or wait, betting for the stupidity of the American population (laughs) as a whole. It's like, but it's just like, I mean, you would think like, you would think 42,000 people dead would be a wake up call to some people, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be. So yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. So uh, whatever. But, um, so I don't know who, who Joe Biden should choose. I don't, it doesn't really even matter because I don't think, you know, I don't think Elizabeth Warren is even an option, and I think she's the best option. I, I I'm pissed at her personally. 
for mm-hmm. how she did Bernard. But, you know, from a policy perspective, she's not the end of the world. She's pretty close to Bernie on a lot of issues, most mm-hmm. issues. And a lot of people try to, you know, oh, she's not really as far left as him. And it's like, yeah, but she's in the ballpark. And in fact, probably on one or two issues, she might even be further. So, you know, it's, you know, don't let the personal blend in too much to the political or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. She would be an option if she weren't going to be replaced by a Republican senator. So uh, Amy Klobuchar, I'm not there for that at all. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't think she'd be like a bad president, but like in a country of 300 million people, this is like the best person to come up with seems a little far fetched to me. Uh, So I don't know, like (laughs) same thing for Biden, honestly, but I don't. I don't think she she put me through an incredibly stressful time when I was trying to watch all the debates and stuff a few months ago and her lying and her, oh, you know, know. half truths that she was telling just put me her, in her a, zingers. Like, a very <laughs> zinger. Yeah, the zingers were not great, but it was like really the lies and the bullshit that really pissed me off. Um, yeah, I mean, Kamala Harris, like not from a policy perspective, just from a personality and personal perspective she'd be the one who would probably anger me the least. Like, you know, yeah. she's, she, she, she's got a good vibe and stuff for this thing. But like, as far as policy, like we're not going to get it. I mean, no. the, 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 the vice president doesn't really run policy anyways. The centrist Democrats have demonstrated that they're not interested in listening to the left on policy anyways. So I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Biden, though. Um, ironically, you know, it's it's hilarious to think that just a couple of years ago when Obama was trying to push through, you know, the ACA, Affordable Care Act, um, they were all talking about death panels, which is basically essentially what we have now, where doctors are having to try triage the patients and they're filling up freaking tractor trailer trucks with bodies mm-hmm. and burying them in mass graves in New York city. It's the, the stupid, you know, the stupid fantasy stuff that these guys whine and bitch about is always the thing that they end up bringing about, but they think it's going in the other direction. So it doesn't bother them. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like a thing I saw posted once. It was like amazing how, uh, fundamentalist, uh, Christian voters can, can talk about the devil for their entire life. And then when they like literally is staring them in the face, it's like, this is my guy. It's like he, he embodies every single one of the qualities that you say that the, you know, antichrist would, would do you know, would have about him. And it's like, it just looks good to me. He says he's a Christian. It's good enough for me. It's like, you know, it's like what? yeah, <laughs> Gee. they are. Well, you mean the father of lies think... told a lie? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret, Bob, which is that the <laughs> devil isn't real, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, they're I mean they're incredibly self-serving and uh, you know, duplicitous and everything and they'll claim it's a moral issue and then they'll claim, well, well you know, actually anybody could be forgiven. So, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe Trump apologized to God and got himself forgiven. The guy who's never said he had to apologize yeah. for anything. Yeah, right. he's I'm sure he's had a real heart to heart. I'm sure, sure. Mike right. Pence bent made him bend the knee. Oh, um, boy. Was mother around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and we've had recently we've had a couple of celebrity doctors who are. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they're they're talking about. Yeah. 
Ugh. going on TV and saying what they're saying. It's what was it, Doctor Oz and Doctor Phil? And Doctor Phil is like not even like licensed for whatever he's supposed to be doing now or something. Uh-huh. Ugh. It's a uh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy world. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the I mean, do you think I mean, what do you think the turnout's going to be for Joe Biden? Do you think he's going to I mean, I like, don't know. It's tough cuz they're trying to kill the post office right now and that would be the main thing that would keep people voting by mail if they allowed it, but if there's no mail, <laughs> there's no you know, nothing to vote on, I guess, and if they make people show up in person like they did in Wisconsin. Although that turned out pretty well, I guess, for some some local, you know, races for Democrats. So who knows, maybe that maybe this isn't a factor, but it just seems like if you're going to pump the narrative that it's like it's like a signaling thing that you're not going to wear a mask and you're going to shake hands and not socially distance and you're going to show up to the polls and it's like, this is my freedom as an American. It's like then the people that are being cautious and listening to science who are most likely to vote not for the Republicans aren't going to show up as much. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I still need to get myself registered to vote and stuff cause, mm. or whatever because I think I'm registered and stuff. But um, yeah, they're talking about the like the real name ID thing or oh, whatever this year or something. And actually, in January, on my birthday, my freaking driver's license expired, which I think oh, is boy. bullshit because I got it renewed in 2017. So that's like 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. Yeah. That should be four years, right? But they're like, mm-hmm. no, it's been four years now. And I'm like, okay, maybe. I don't know. Can you not but, go to the American consulate and <laughs> take a driving test or something? <laughs> I don't think so. Probably I mean, like, I mean, it's I mean, it's a state thing anyway. So, yeah, but true. I would I mean, like. I was going to come back, obviously, like this month. I should be in America right now, but I had to cancel my flight because the coronavirus mm. stuff got crazy. So I wasn't able to renew my driver's license in person like I was hoping to. So I need to contact somebody this week and stuff and try to get in for the primary. By the mm. way, what are you going to do for the primary? Well, I think there's still time to vote absentee. Um, so I think we may be able to get vote by mail, at least for us here before the, cause they moved the primary election in Indiana. They moved it, uh, from, yeah, it's like May, May to June. Or something, right? or uh, well, June. It was May, it was May 5th, I believe. And now it's June. So they moved it back a month. So there's, there's more time for people to do it, but I think we may still have enough time that we can, uh, we can do it where we don't have to actually show up at the, at the place, but. Hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, who are you voting for and stuff? Uh, well, based on where I live, I don't know if there's even any choices for most of it. I mean, I'll still vote, I guess, in the presidential primary. I, I, I don't really know at what point it is, I guess, but I, I guess it's, it's nice to be asked, I suppose, even after the fact. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's like a protest vote, even though you know the outcome. I guess you could still go that way. I don't know. I guess it's more important. I think it's more important probably to do the general bit at this point. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the I I'm you know I'm I'll vote for Joe Biden. I think like I don't know. I'm gonna you know shots fired against certain people in the you know in the uh on the left or whatever on youtube and stuff but like i do think it's a little bit irresponsible to be sitting there on you know on your youtube channel from like california or new york city or something and saying like well i'm not going to vote for joe biden but i'm not going to tell you not to vote for him but i won't vote for him but i don't have to because i'm in the swing state and stuff i do think that's really irresponsible in a way just because i think like 
these are some of the trendsetters for the thought patterns on the left, right? And mm-hmm. you may be making a principled stand that you're in a safe district and everything, but mm-hmm. um, you're sending a signal to a lot of yahoos out there in the frickin' hinterland who are like, you know, they're not making that distinction. They're like, you know, you know, like whoever so and so on the on the, you know, the majority report or so and so on Trapo Trap House or something like they said they're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it either. They're right. They're totally right. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we wind up with a situation where, and I mean, even if you're like an accelerationist who thinks like four more years of Donald Trump will teach a lesson to the centrist Democrats, which hasn't happened yet. You know. <laughs> they, they just seem determined not to learn that lesson so far. So. And and to be fair, like, I mean, I, I voted for Clinton in 2016, but I also believe that four years of Trump was going to wake up the centrist that, hey, we had a guy who could win. You know, hindsight mm-hmm. was going to be 2020. That was the whole thing. But, um, you know. I don't I guess know. I, I think people I adjust really what normal didn't. is. It never. That's the Green Party thing, too, where it's like, both the parties are so bad, and maybe if we do get Trump, maybe people will come running to us because they'll figure out that it's so terrible and everything will crumble. It's like, no, no, I think the Republicans are just going to try to steal as many elections as they can, and I think that's how they're going to stay in power, and I don't think anyone's going to, like, if people are going to rise yeah. up, they already would have. And they you know get the I mean? Supreme Court, so they get to change all the rules to right. benefit themselves. Yeah, exactly. So, so when it's, yeah. They, they ensure permanent Republican leadership, permanent minority leadership, basically, because they don't represent a majority in a lot of ways. But so my point is, even if you're an accelerationist who thinks that, you know, uh, Joe Biden losing to Donald Trump would hasten the fall of this the, this part of the party. And like I said, I think that's a harder to, position to defend right now to some degree. But even okay. if that's your even if that's your perspective, then you should still hope for a situation where, uh, you know, where uh, Joe Biden wins the popular vote by several million votes like Hillary did, maybe even more than Hillary did. But he win, you know, he even wins it in places like New York City, New York and California by larger margins. You can drive up those margins and Donald Trump still wins by taking all the, you know, the Midwestern states or whatever, Florida, stuff like that. Then you've actually accelerated it more. Like if Hillary wins by three million, she doesn't become the president. And then Biden wins by like five or six million and he doesn't become the president. That's a really accelerationist move. At that point, people are going to be saying, what kind of country are we living in here? What the hell is this? You know? Right. So. I've never uh, heard that term before, accelerationist, but it's just it doesn't track with reality, any reality I've ever seen. So I've I've heard that argument expressed different ways, and it's never been compelling to me. I've I've never seen things get bad enough for people who are party apparatchiks to to change their minds about certain things. So it it doesn't seem logical from my point of view. It's like things are already pretty terrible, guys. (laughs) Nothing's changing. I I do think there's a logic to it, but I think it requires a population that's freaking pain attention well we have fox news and and limbaugh and all the rest well i'm not even talking about them i'm talking about a lot of like a lot of you know a lot of like we said i think joe biden's support is a mile wide and an inch deep Mm -hmm. and a lot of these people were not really paying attention until the end and then like they didn't really make up their mind but then you know Clyburn down in South Carolina endorsed him and so a lot of people did and then Mm -hmm. you know he seems to be the inevitable front runner even though he lost the first three primaries, maybe four, and then he wins this one state. And they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." He's he's inevitable. It's like mm-hmm. these people weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. These people didn't see the dumb speeches. These people, none of us knew about the sexual harassment back at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
so if our if you're an accelerationist who relies on people realizing what's going on in order to make an informed decision, that's maybe not going to happen because these people don't don't pick their heads up off the table to figure out what's going on until about three days before the damn election. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I you know, it's you know, it's all a problem. Yep, I agree. But so, what's your uh, quarantine playlist, Ben Shaw? Got any good tunes for us? Well, I was at the gym earlier today. I'm back at the gym trying to like wow, take the off gym's some open of this. over there. Jeez, look at you. Yeah, I'm, I'm. My life is basically back to normal, except I'm not going out to eat at you know large restaurants with lots of people as much as mm-hmm. I did and stuff, which I'd like to get back yeah. to doing soon. Maybe yeah. I just should, but I don't know. <laughs> but um. Tonight I ended up listening to. Did you ever play? You never. You kind of stopped. You dropped out of the video game scene, didn't you, Bob? Yeah, since I had children mostly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna recommend you find like um, the GTA Five soundtrack on mm. on YouTube somewhere, and just well, go through basically the entire repertoire of Radio Mirror Park, which is kind of like the I don't know what you would even call it. Kind of like the indie alternative modern little slightly techno-ish kind of sort of emo-ish a little bit it sounds a little weird but it's like talking uh, electropop maybe no electropop was a i think gta 4 and some of the previous ones had that one but it's yeah it's some somewhat similar to that maybe but it's a little bit more rock and roll-ish i guess Mm. but like there's somebody created a spotify playlist of it so yeah, yeah, there's some really good songs. There's like one called like by this band Health called High Pressure Dave and then there's some others like uh uh Daydream or I forget Sleepwalking is a good one I think and um there's a lot of great songs on that. I mean there's a lot of great songs on a lot of uh, a lot of different uh mm-hmm. stations on Grand Theft Auto obviously, but like that station is just standing out to me recently as like a just a musically a very interesting station so wow well i don't recognize a single <laughs> artist or song so i will have to get into that <laughs> yeah i guess there's this other guy named jai paul or jay paul i'm not sure he's a british guy seems to be from india originally mm-hmm. but um i don't know it's a really complicated story with him he had he had one song called jasmine which is on the soundtrack to this game mm-hmm. which is pretty good and they had another song which is called straight out of mumbai which is also yeah, I think, I think you mentioned song. that one last time. I think that put that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's got one song on the GTA playlist. And I think he might have even been on that same channel too. So that's that's some interesting stuff. Um, aside from that, right now I don't know what else I'm listening to. Hmm. Well, did you see the uh, Hulu uh, version of High Fidelity, the TV show? Version? No, no, I haven't seen it. it looks interesting. Oh. Really good, really good. Very, very pleasing. Uh, I think they really did it uh, really well. They they actually did some brilliant casting uh, in that the Rob character, played, played by John Cusack, obviously, in the original movie, is now, it's kind of a gender switched, but it's, a, it's, it's even more interesting than that, in that this is the offspring of one of the love interests from the first movie, uh, oh. Lenny Kravitz's uh, ex-wife, I'm blanking on her name now, but anyway, Zoe Kravitz is the Rob character of the new High Fidelity, and she is the offspring yeah. of his, her mother was John Cusack's, one of one of the love interests from the original movie, which I think is an interesting twist, so. So, so this is like, kind of like, this is canon, this is like in-universe with the movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, uh, no. 
Well, because they changed it from Chicago. I think it was originally London in the book, and then it was Chicago in the movie, and I think it's New York City now in, in the TV show. So they've changed but, a few. But my, my, yeah, but my point is, like, she's the daughter of a character from the original movie. Is that just, like, a random factor? Is that, like, actually, like, yes, her mother was really this person who dated the fa- the, 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 the John no, Cusack No, 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 that's the, no, no. The John Cusack character is not existent in this universe. It's kind of like just a reboot, basically. Okay. I don't, I don't think it has any any connection other than the storyline and the characters. Obviously, they've there's a Jack Black character and whatnot. So there's a J- Jack Black is back. No, I'm saying they cast someone else in the Jack Black character. Oh, it's, okay. it's it's like The Office. You know what I mean? They have uh, archetypal characters that they cast in each incarnation of it. Like there's a Dwight slash uh, you know whatever uh, from the original The Office. You know what I mean? Gareth. Gareth, Gareth Dwight. Gareth, Q, yeah. Gareth yeah. Uh, what was his name? Oh God, he was in the he was in the provisional army or something, wasn't he? Or the provincial? Yeah, basically like the national guard of of England. So. Yeah, <laughs> he's an assistant to the regional manager. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I I brought that up only to say that I found the. Um, there's a Spotify playlist that's like eight hours long of all the mu- all the music that appears in the TV incarnation of High Fidelity that is really really good. So I would recommend people find that on Spotify. So. All right. Well, I'll have to try to check out the show sometime, maybe. Yeah, it's really good. I wasn't disappointed. So. All right. All right. Well, I'm also watching Bob the season uh, 40 Survivor show these days. Yeah, you told me about that. I'm losing all kinds of money. <laughs> my guy's already out things are he's got one chance to get back in but I, it's 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 going to be stiff competition and stuff but yeah we're getting down to it it's like the final like 11 players left or so right about now and they are you know last episode was not great it was the family episode which i don't know i can take it or leave it a little bit but um mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time on the family stuff this time too but uh but it's, you know, it's Survivor. Survivor is always usually fascinating and entertaining to me. I have my issues with the show, but I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good show, I think. So mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, that's, that's what I'm watching. That's kind of what I'm listening to right now and stuff. So, yeah, there's a couple of weirdly, weirdly, I've been watching some sports documentary series. I saw the Aaron Hernandez uh, one on Netflix, which is good. It was a three-parter. And then there's a 10-part Michael Jordan documentary that's coming to Netflix here. Or may have already started coming to Netflix uh, that I'm interested in. So, uh, strangely, I don't like sports that much, but I do like documentaries about sports. So, <laughs> like, okay. I like that. I like that. I like that OJ uh, documentary they had a couple years ago too. That was like super long. I enjoyed that. Oh, but I, I, I guess, watched the American yeah. Crime Story one. I didn't watch oh, the like, documentary. But... Oh, you should. You definitely should watch the. I forget what it's called. OJ, is it OJ Made in America? Something, yeah. That, yeah. That, or uh, the America, America, you know, the people of the United States versus OJ Simpson or something. No, 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 like no, that. no. That was the fictionalized Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, David yeah. Schwimmer. Oh, that that's... Was, that, that's good, too. But the one I'm talking about is, uh, I think it's called OJ Made in America. It's a multi-part documentary series. Uh, I think it's like maybe eight hours long. Uh, documentary hmm. it's it's really good yeah oj made in america check it out it's really good okay for sure yeah we'll do yeah i like a good documentary too 
What about the Tiger King though? That was what a wild about the one. Tiger King, man? Yeah, I've been. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, can't I think get it's like fascinating that, that the, the poor bastard's in jail now and stuff, and maybe he deserves <laughs> to be there. But it's like, you know, it's just so weird. He's like, he's been living his life, his whole life or whatever, and this is just how he's been living, and everybody around him and stuff, and all this entire subculture community. And then they get national exposure, and everybody is like, "What in God's name has been going on right here?" And they're like, that's just how we were living, you know, it's just like they're celebrities now because they were just, you know, making horrible decisions at several junctures in their lives and like doing bizarre stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm quite prepared for the idea that this guy may be a horrible person, but, uh, you know, every we all kind of fell into the spell a little while there. Yeah, I've uh, heard the criticisms of of it being that they're they're worried that he'll become like a folk hero based on this, and people will overlook all the tiger abuse. And I'm like, I, I already had all the tiger abuse and the, and the malfeasance and and all that stuff baked into it. I don't I don't perceive him to be some sort of uh, underdog hero. You know, he's he's wildly entertaining, and if just a, it's just a fascinating car crash of a story, but. Uh, it's, I don't, I, he's not my, he's not my new spiritual animal or whatever. So it's, it's fine. He's, I, I, I'm able to put it in proper perspective. Maybe other people aren't, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I never had any illusions about Joe Exotic, I guess I'll say. So, yeah, I don't know. When I got my suits the other day, they gave me some free ties and I got some, uh, some brightly colored zebra print ties. Nice. Exotic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but um, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have questions about the 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 tiger abuse too, um, though because, like, okay, they said they found five buried tigers on his on his land. Okay, mm-hmm. and my suspicion is that you know it's kind of like I mean any farm you're on or something. If your horse breaks a leg or something or something like that, yeah, they put it down. It's like I mean. Mm-hmm. It's I don't think he, he's got 200 tigers. They found five dead tigers. Like, I don't know what happened there exactly. You know, probably there should be some investigation of that and stuff. But but at the same time, like the fact at the end that like the number of tigers in the wild in the wild in the world is like something like two or three thousand. And then the numbers in captivity in America is like four thousand. So there's more tiger, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like like. This kind of situation, it's not great for tigers, but it may be the key to the survival of the tigers as a species in the world. <laughs> you well, know? see, the problem, and, though, is from a conservationist standpoint, though, the ones that are created at places like his farm or whatever are not – there's no value, people say, to conserving them because their genes are so mixed up and they're not – pure species that are continuing on they're ligers and lie ligers and tie ligers and you know all these like i'm not yeah i'm not wild about i'm not wild about the crossbreeding and stuff with Mm -hmm. the with the different species and stuff just you know i don't know it's uh but but like i mean you know i i think like you know there's four thousand or something they say i assume like those are not counting ligers i think those are actual tigers and stuff and Mm -hmm. and you know dogs you know, there's that funny meme or whatever on the internet where a wolf is like outside of the human encampment. And he's like, it's cold. It's windy. It's winter right now. It's I'm hungry and cold. Maybe if I go over to the humans and stuff, then they'll give me some food. And then they're like, you know, whatever, 10,000 years later or something. And they've got like a little poodle dressed up with his hair painted and wearing little like mittens on its paws or something. <laughs> he's like, what the hell happened or something? It's like, yeah, I mean, like if you want to go for the, the strict, you know, blood purity of the animal species or something, I mean, but. 
evolution happens and you know like rhinos are going extinct certain species of rhinos have gone extinct basically i think there's like 24 7 guards on certain two last remaining rhinos of a certain type because poachers are still trying to kill them and stuff it's like you know and there's no tigers left in korea korea's you know proud of the tigers that they used to have they don't have them in korea anymore they were killed out to extinction in the last decade last uh, 100 years basically Mm. and i think that's something that could happen in a lot of places you know um so just from a survival of the species aspect i'm i'm just saying i'm not so sure that it's a horrible thing that people are breeding them including and breeding them in potentially large numbers in america even if it is for profit even if it does you know kind of separate them from their parents at a young age or something it's like it's it's sad but, but at the same time like from an animal rights perspective i am very I'm largely unconcerned with animals that are not being hunted to extinction. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people get all up in arms about these, you know, these cause salibres or whatever of, you know, these big majestic animals or something. When at the same time we have an absolute genocide of chickens, cows, pigs, and any <laughs> other food that we like to eat, where sure. we kill millions of them every day and we eat them. It's like, that's the worst case scenario. I'm not really worried that somebody put a tiger cub in a in a suitcase and took him to Las Vegas and played with him with some pretty girls. I mean, that's not, you know, that's <laughs> when it, if it's killing like a thousand pigs in one day or something or right. one, you know, one tiger went for a ride in a suitcase for a little bit. It's like I I know which one upsets me more. And, you know, so I I have questions like I I do think like I mean Frankly, the Doc, what's the other guy's name? Doc? Oh, Doc Antle. Doc Antle. Like, that guy concerns me more because the allegations that he's putting down the Cubs after they become too old to be played with anymore, that is much more concerning to me than, you know, than Joe, who seems to just irresponsibly, like, grow up all these. He, you know, he has 200 tigers or something, and he doesn't know how he's going to afford to feed them all and everything. Uh, at least he's making an effort to keep most of them alive, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, if this other guy is killing them after they're no longer financially profitable for himself mm-hmm. or something, that actually seems much more criminal to me. And, well, that guy uh, is basically, so. I think they even said this during the documentary, but he's like just basically a smoother version of Joe Exotic. And it's like, he's like this polygamist, like cult leader that like raises these tigers. And it's like, you know, he's, he's not been taken away thus far, although maybe he got raided apparently at the end of the thing. But, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, there's always the version of, of somebody that's just outrageous and out front, but there's always somebody who's doing it just a little bit quieter, but they're, they're getting, getting under the radar a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, well, um, you know, what about what about Carol Baskins, Bob? Oh boy, I, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of unanswered questions there. I don't know. I don't know if there's a satisfactory <laughs> answer outside of, uh, you know, either. I, my take is she either did it or she just she knows someone else did it and she's just taking advantage of the situation. Um, I'm so I, I'm I not entirely convinced. I mean, I know the popular thing these days to say is that bitch Carol Baskin killed her husband and, you know, I didn't, I didn't buried him under the septic names. tank and or covered him with fish oil and fed him to the tigers or something. I know that's the popular thing, but like, I think I, I heard a true crime podcast recently where some people investigated that and they, they looked into it a little bit more and they said like, there was a lot of things. He had some shady business dealing stuff going on down in Costa Rica and he was basically like buying up people's businesses and then 
if they couldn't make that, that were going out of business and if they couldn't make payments, then he put them out of business and bought, and took over the, just, you know, scrapped the business for parts or whatever, took their property or whatever. He had a lot of enemies, it sounds like. And there were also questions about like some young lady that he was sleeping with or something. Her parents didn't really like it or something. I'm not sure if that was in America or down in Costa Rica. And he, you know, I don't know. I have, I, it sounds like he had a lot of enemies. So I don't know. I, I do think like, you know, probably looking into Carol Baskins wouldn't be the end of the world, but at the same time, like hot take, I do think like if I, I think Carol Baskins maybe has a legitimate gripe with the Mm. documentary in that, you know, she's kind of the victim here. Like, you know, she got into a, a hot conflict with this Joe exotic guy who frankly doesn't look like the easiest guy to get along with. Like he leaves a trail of destruction in his wake everywhere he goes with his, romantic relationships with his business relationships and everything. And some of that's on the other people, some of that's on him, but it's definitely, he's a common factor. And so she got into conflict with him and I agree. She's probably a hypocrite. She likes having the tigers there just as much as anybody else does. She's created her own kind of little, you know, working business cult or something around that thing. I don't know. Um, I'm not necessarily wild about the the relationship dynamics with her and her husband, but that's, you know, Joe, Joe, Joe exotic and his, his straight gay boyfriends or whatever, uh, that, that's, you know, it's none of, and, and the cult at the other guy's house, it's like, I don't know, whatever, whatever two consenting adults want to do, I guess. But it's like from her perspective, like she got into a legitimate legal debate with this guy and then he tried to kill her probably. And, and he did a lot of other stuff on camera and stuff like, you know, shooting the mannequin that was supposed to be her and stuff like stuff like that is like you know i mean it's it's got to be a crime (laughs) like so i can understand her side of it where like suddenly she's the bad guy in all this when this guy is actually you know he legitimately did some pretty bad stuff to her so i i can you know i don't know i'm not wild about her business model i'm not why i don't think that she is as different from these guys as she liked to pretend and so but you know when it comes to trying to kill somebody it's like yeah if you're the victim of a conspiracy to assassinate you yeah maybe the guy needs to stay in jail for some time i don't know Mm -hmm. i thought the most compelling one of the most compelling pieces of evidence against carol was the um uh thing about in case of my disappearance did you see that part about the thing he signed yeah the change in the will or whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was all right come on now (laughs) yeah explain that one away carol baskin (laughs) yeah but there was also something where he 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 had said to his groundskeeper something a few days before he disappeared that he was trying something really big and if if he could pull it off like nobody would believe it or something like that and it I mean, he was talking, I don't know, It there was some aspect of the thing that it seemed like he was trying to get away from her. He tried to file a restraining order on her and stuff. I mean, and maybe that's because she was really dangerous or maybe that's because, I I don't know. I don't, I, I you know, it's so complicated. But, um, yeah, there's something there. I don't know. Probably, I'm not saying the police should investigate Carol Baskins, but I am saying, yeah, maybe they should look back into this guy's disappearance and, you know. I don't know. It's uh, it would probably put millions of Americans' minds at ease if they dug around a little bit under the septic tank. So, <laughs> Can you do uh, you just know, a general I, I, interest search warrant? Just like just everyone. Yeah, wants I don't to know, know what the probable cause has to be, but you know, I think uh, what was the song? The song uh, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think that's probable cause right there. I think we get our warrant off here, kid. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so you know what the sad part is but, though? He didn't even write or perform those songs. It was some uh, someone else. Well, I'm not so sure that he didn't I, I'm I question I, I'd love to know how much uh, input he had on the songs because I don't think two country western stars you just ask him to write a song about a tiger. I don't think this is what they come back. The lyrics were very specific. Think, You're so, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say like, yeah, we know. Okay. He didn't sing the songs, but at the same time, these really are truly deeply his songs. Okay. <laughs> the, the, sure you know, this is a, these are Schroeder, Schrodinger's cats uh, of a song. They're both Joe, Joe exotic songs and also not Joe exotic songs at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Anyways, anyways, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff to, to dig down on and all that. So, I, I think one of my favorite moments in the, uh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments in the, uh, in the documentary was that that libertarian, oh, <laughs> the yeah. libertarian campaign manager that he met at the Walmart ammo section Absolutely. and became his presidential campaign yes. <laughs> manager, and like there was a moment at, at which like. Um, obviously that took a really tragic turn and I don't, you know, spoiler warning. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. When, when his second husband killed himself right in front of that guy, that's, mm-hmm. that's horrible. But like this guy had no idea, <laughs> like most libertarians, he had no idea what he was getting himself into. And he, and he didn't really seem to <laughs> mind too much that Joe, Joe exotic didn't know the first thing about libertarianism, <laughs> but it's just like, there's this crazy bastard who comes in and buys ammo almost every day at Walmart where I work while I secretly wish that I was more connected in the political stuff. Cause you know, we all feel that we, we all have day jobs, but we also, you know, are intensely political creatures in our minds or whatever. And this guy, you know, he gets on this wild ride. He gets a boost from the Colbert show or whatever, the late night, the late show with Colbert or something. And, and then ultimately all this stuff happens. And at one point there was one point where he was just saying something about what Joe had done. And it was just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, just his, the education of that kid was hilarious mm-hmm. up to the, up to the, up to the on-camera death, which was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a show, but like, just imagine this is your life and you're just living your life. And this is just, you know, it's not normal. You know, it's a little wacky, but it's like, you know, this is your life. And then suddenly, you know, however many million Americans just watch it and they're, they're fascinated and repulsed and everything. And they're like, Oh my God, what in God's name are you people doing out there in Oklahoma? And you're like, Oh yeah, I guess this is a little strange. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually impressed with the percentage he got in the election. 19%. That's Ross Perot numbers. Like that's, you know, I mean, I know it's just for the state of Oklahoma, but you know, not bad. Yeah. 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 Well, he, I don't know. He was, there was some other thing. There's one other thing I wanted to mention about the show, but I'm blanking on it right now, but um, (laughs) just one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean that uh, the, yeah. Anyways, it's, I think, Oh yeah. Like I was going to say in, in, in there, in the show's defense, in, in Joe Exotic's defense, as far as the animal abuse stuff, and this is the thing I would say is like the, you know, the the person who got their arm ripped off. By, oh yeah. By the tiger. What a writer! You know, I watched. A, yeah. <laughs> I watched an interview with her, and and she was like, um, Oh wait, 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 wait. He, he. I don't oh, know. Oh God. I'm not touching that. Bob, one. edit this. Edit this. I like. 
I, I learned after the show. I didn't realize just say the show they. Was... Just say they. Okay. Just the safest. Thanks, Bob. It's hard to keep up all this this gender format stuff. Keep it non specific. But okay, well, the person like I I thought they were like person. a lesbian when I was watching the show, but then like I found uh, out after the show that they were transsexual right. or transgender, and I'm probably using all the wrong words here and stuff. But but like that person when they got their arm ripped off and stuff, and they came back to work two weeks later. And I saw an interview that David Spade did with that person. And Safe, Safe, Sate, Sade. I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And that and Spade, David Spade asked like, or David Spade is the right name, right? I think I know the clip you mean. So yes, David Spade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he asked him like, what happened to that tiger? Did they put it down? Did they sell it off? Or what did they do? And they said. Well, we moved it out of, out of the public viewing area, but no, it's still alive. You know, it's just a tiger doing what a tiger does. <laughs> so the the fact that, you know, I guess I have more questions about the alligators or crocodiles that died, which were apparently Michael Jackson's, which was unmentioned in the TV show. Yeah, when that he, was when, pretty. That was a pretty big omission. <laughs> yeah, when they burned down. Yeah, there's a lot of like, <laughs> there's so many crazy things in the show. It's kind of a cliche, but like they didn't even get to all the stuff that is fascinating and interesting. There's that's the good thing about a good documentary when it leaves you wanting to know more and you go out and you search and there actually right. is more to be found. Right, that's right, that's right. always good. So, but, um, yeah, when they, they didn't, the fact that they didn't put that tiger down, which, you know, anybody would have understood that if they had, right. Like mm -hmm. that tells me that Joe was not somebody out there who was just willy nilly killing tigers whenever he had half a reason to right? like, I mean, he's not, I don't think he was somebody who would intentionally, abuse the tigers and and you know frankly the tigers look pretty chill when they're out there you could say it's animal abuse but like when they were getting the meat brought to them they all look pretty happy and everything I mean, like his i don't know facilities i don't know old, how bad it i mean was for the carol's people. yeah i mean carol's still got tigers in cages that people come pay to see i mean i understand she's on a different wavelength or whatever but their practical reality for the tigers isn't that much different it didn't seem yeah. Um, in yeah. in fact, the feeding the feeding situation for Joe Exotic's tigers looks much better than hers with those like kind of like little the little thing where they put their head in the cage outside of the cage and then mm. they can eat a little bit of food or whatever. It's like I don't know. You know, I'm not. You know, animal abuse is a big it's a big broad term, and I think we have to think about what exactly do we mean by that. Um, is it great that the tigers are eating expired Walmart meat? <laughs> <laughs> well, the employee, the I don't the not, not only are the tigers eating the expired Walmart meat, the employees are eating it too. <laughs> and the people who come and eat the pizza. Yeah. Which Joe, Joe oh, makes the, the pizza, pizza with the, oh, Yeah, no, I'll just have, the, the, I'll just have a cheese. Like, Can oh. I get a quattro formaggio instead? Yeah. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. Cheese so. is okay. Good. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyways anyways bob and enough about joe exotic i'll I'll let you get going here and stuff but like yeah it's there's there's a, you know that's a whole nother podcast I, bob i think i think you gotta like you gotta start putting some descriptions of what we talk about in these shows and stuff because even i go back sometimes i don't know what we talked about but i think you know uh north korean leader ill uh status of the american election coronavirus and joe exotic you know <laughs> you put those tags in there that's gonna be like oh 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 i'm interested in like you know the election or I'm, Oh God, everybody loves Joe exotic. Right. Like, so I think you put some tags in there or something in the title or something. I think people are going to like maybe be more engaged. I don't know. Yeah, you Just could, my, you just be. my two cents. I just don't like to, I guess since you've been on him the jillion times and you probably wouldn't mind, I just don't know no, when I have like 
guests, I try not to describe our conversation. I let them do that or describe themselves. I don't describe them or I describe them in the way they want to be described. So I kind of take, let them take the lead on that kind of thing. But I guess if we're just kind of, you know, talking about stuff, we could probably do that. So, but yeah, like, I mean, honestly, like sometimes there's like a thing where I, we talked about something like, and I, I want to go back and listen to it, but you know, I've got however many, how many episodes am I up to now? Like 40 something or something. It's like, I have no idea where in the back catalog, any particular conversation happened. Right. Like, I mean, if I'm looking for like 2016 election stuff, I guess I could maybe Mm -hmm. find the dates or something, but it's, I don't know, some sort of a little bit. I'm just saying for me personally, my perspective is a little bit of like some indication of what's in there would, would Mm -hmm. go a long way towards, you know, repeat listening ability and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. but Anyways, it's your show, Bob. So I'm, you know, it's just me, <laughs> just my, just my thought. Yeah, so. no, that's that's a good thought. So, but uh, yeah, I probably do. I probably do got to get get working. I already. I heard Lawrence County is like really moving up and stuff in the number of cases, and I think a large part oh. of that, unfortunately, is Mitchell Manor yeah, in our hometown really area sad. has had an outbreak. Really sad. Something yeah. like nine people dead or something. It's horrible. Oh, I know. It's just gutting. And then of course the like. People can't be with their loved ones at the end because they have to be quarantined away from them. So it's a very that long is, uh, that is really, of, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, we've laughed and talked about a lot of stuff, but that is a dark fact of this this virus. I know it it's is. like saying goodbye over iPad is just not the same, you know, not how people imagine it. At least at least I don't. So, yeah, but. We, we lost somebody in my family here a few weeks before this all kicked off or a few mm-hmm. weeks before anybody knew it was kicking off really. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a sad thing at the time. It's still a sad thing, but I think everybody generally agrees that, Hey, thank God it happened then. And thank God we were not in the middle of this thing where we couldn't even have an, you know, a funeral. We couldn't have an open casket funeral or whatever. Mm. Like we, we, you know, we couldn't be there and stuff like that's, I can't be there. I'm out of the country, but I'm just saying like, you know, there, the timing you we we really can't complain about the timing after the way this has gone so yeah mm-hmm. anyways yeah that's that's what i would say so and i think my family's pretty well been able to self isolate for the most part my dad's doing some work down in north carolina building up a uh cidery tap house uh that he and he and his uh partner are going to open up down there Cool. And uh, yeah, he's he's been brewing the cider and stuff. He's getting pretty good at it. Every That's time awesome. I'm down in North Carolina, we just like we have a keg that we tap and we just keep it's it's like I don't know, it's great. It's so That's good. awesome. It's not too sweet like like most uh, you know corporate apple ciders are hard mm-hmm. ciders. It's uh it's got real you know character and flavor and stuff. It's homemade. It's you know beautiful. So he's working to build up this thing and get it up to code and everything so they can open it. Of course, the coronavirus raises questions about all that. But, yeah, I think uh, for any of our listeners in the Carolinas area or even perhaps farther out who are interested in this, Asheville, North Carolina is a huge hub for, you know, on the East Coast for uh, independent breweries and stuff and apple cider and hard cider. And uh, watch out for I think it's called Barn Barn Door Brewery, I believe Mm. is what it's going to be called. So. Well, that's awesome. Now, yeah. is he set up where he could make hand sanitizer too, or is that just the distillers? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll ask him if he can look into that. But um, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm not that, sure about that. Might that. Be, that might be a good racket to get into these days. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I'll bring that up with him here pretty soon. That might be a good, well, you know. Well, there's been a lot of places like uh, Cardinal Spirits. I know in Bloomington's converted their operation into making that, and I know other places have too. So, but okay. Well, we're giving yeah, a lot of free thing. advertisement away. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I never really have anything to plug on these shows, and I always, you know, it'd be nice if I did, but yeah, I'll, I'll plug that for sure. I'll definitely hey, follow, plug it again. Follow you on Twitter. You're on Twitter. You're you're posting stuff. You're getting around a little bit. I saw you get a little traction with a few few tweets. So. Yeah, I'm 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 doing an amazing thing on Twitter, which is that I am effectively being able to say exactly what I want to say most of the time because I have two followers, which is yeah. the show and one other friend over here who's, you know, a Bernie bro or whatever, burner. But uh, <laughs> I don't I don't understand Twitter. I don't, like, understand, like, I don't know how you get followers exactly. Yeah. I don't, and, you know, there's a lot of people, I don't want everybody in the world following me. I want, like, you know, family and stuff, that's for Facebook. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even Instagram. Like, everybody on Facebook found me on Instagram, too. So uh-huh. no more dick pics, I guess. Jeez. But... <laughs> world coming to <laughs> but, I'm, but uh, I'm just saying like i want i want twitter to remain pure i want to, that to be the place where i can you know mm-hmm. engage with politics and stuff or whatever so yeah so well, it took, it took hand, a long having... time it took a long time to get where i'm at with the show i think we have like 1400 followers at this point but a lot of that came from following back everyone who interacted in any way with the podcast and always retweeting people who mentioned the show and also it didn't hurt you know that sarah kenzier has like over half a million <laughs> followers on twitter and every time she retweets something of mine it gets gets hundreds and sometimes thousands of retweets and likes and faves and stuff so it's you know that that's been helpful to to have some engagement with some popular accounts too so yeah wow okay interesting interesting i'm i'm still fascinated by the uh by the time that you got recommended by somebody on the by somebody well i'm not going to name names but somebody on the majority report that was pretty yeah i mean that was like that was a that was a thing where I was like, whoa, you know, we're just putting this out there. I have you have some degree of knowledge about who's who's engaging with it. I have zero knowledge about who's engaging with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that was like a thing where I was like, oh, OK, uh, we're, we're putting this out there. And, you know, people are hearing it. Somebody's hearing yeah. it out there. That's you never know how far so. your voice carries or to where with with who's listening. So, yeah, it definitely is surprising who who's been in my listening. apartment complex. You do, though. We have thin walls. Oh, boy. So anyways, that was yeah, that was definitely cool. So, yeah, hopefully. Awesome. Hopefully we're getting a listenership and stuff. But, Bob, yeah, maybe when dad opens the cidery down there, you'll you'll have to make a trip down there and do some on the ground reporting or something. So definitely. Well, we're just days away from liftoff on our third child here. So who knows when that will happen? But, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Road trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> Screaming newborn in the car and two other kids. I love it. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ben, ben and Ben and Leah, they've made the trip down there with the baby a couple times. Oh, wow. He seems to do pretty well in the car i guess that's what they say so i don't know but yeah anyways bob i'll let you i'll let you get going there but yeah yeah good talk and we'll uh we'll see how it goes here stay safe yeah you too have a good night
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.